0: Hello listeners, you're about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season.
1: Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 10. We're, Alex, we're finally in the double digits. Double digits, baby. Double digits. And hopefully we'll be in triple digits pretty soon. (laughs) Might take Uh, a while. (laughs) But uh, no, uh, recording today on uh, Monday, May 31st. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, Oh, yeah. Me and Alex both got the day off. So uh, pretty nice. You know, wanted to get the podcast going on today. Uh, Nothing too much going on. Uh, just hanging out.
0: For the, for the first time, we kind of get to record, uh I guess, after all the Sunday baseball stuff has happened. So that's right. That's right. We sort of have the whole week to look back on. But yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah.
1: New week, new week to look forward to. And actually, you know, two months in to uh, the MLB season. And so basically today, we'll, we'll be discussing, uh, you know, basically some of the weekly review stuff that we always talk about every week, you know, what's going on in the news of baseball, anything special that's happened. Um, But basically today, the main part, portion of the podcast will be on uh the all mlb team so far throughout the first two months we compiled a team and a list of players um that we feel fitted from you know who's been the best performers the months of april and may combined and right now are leading kind of the all mlb team if we had to put it together Um, of course we'll cover starting pitching and a starting nine as well as a closer and then also cover uh you know what our picks right now for MLB awards look like, you know, MVPs, Cy Young's rookie of the years kind of go over that. Um, A lot of changes have happened. I mean, since, uh, since April, we've, uh, we've had players go on the DL, sorry, IL, right, right. (laughs) We've had players go down. We've had certain players rise up. So um, Alex, where should we start today on the uh, kind of the weekly review? What are some, what are some hot topics we want to want to start off with?
0: Right. So I think the one place we have to kind of stop and discuss for at least a minute here is, Travis, there was a sort of, uh, I guess, we've mentioned on the podcast before that there's sort of a, you know, like not talked about, but everyone kind of knows it secret, which is that like pitchers these days are using sticky substances to increase their spin rates on their pitches, which Helps their fastballs okay have look like they're rising. Helps their breaking balls break more. It makes pitches better, straight up. And uh, I guess I guess I heard something about uh, uh, I guess some batters at one point in time were okay with the idea of pitchers using a sticky thing to kind of help their control, so the batters aren't getting beamed as much. I guess and that mm-hmm. was kind of a thing. But now it's obviously gotten to this point where they're using sticky stuff and it's making these some of these pitches like even more unhittable. And re- you know it's sort of helping in this big you know pitching surge that we've seen in these last couple of years where these pitchers are getting better and better and it looks you know, like some of those more w- impressive w- wiffle
1: balls that you see out there that'll, that'll do things you'll think are impossible. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Th- things that, things that, you know, we've not seen before in, in, in the MLB. So uh, for the first time uh, in, in my knowledge, at least it was addressed, you know, in the middle of the game where uh, in this new wave of, 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 you know, sticky substances, uh, the umpire came out to Gallegos, the reliever on the Cardinals and, asked him to change his cap and they asked him, you know, what, what, what do you have there? Like what substance? And he said it was sunscreen. And so what I actually heard about that is that you kind of mix sunscreen with the rosin that all the pictures are allowed to use Mm, and it creates a sticky substance. So the sunscreen is a legal substance, obviously. We're getting a little scientific now in the game. Yeah, it's so some, <laughs> some mad scientist action. So obviously the sunscreen is a legal substance. Pitchers want to protect their skin. Mm-hmm. The rosin's given to them. It's totally legal. But you mix them and it makes a sticky substance. So is that legal? Like, obviously, you're not allowed to doctor the balls. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's using two legal substances. So that's like a whole little interesting kind of side story, I guess. But at the bottom line, Travis, for the first time, an umpire... You know, the first time in this wave, I should say this, like, recent wave of, yeah. of substance yeah. uh, stickiness, the umpires took action in the middle of a baseball game. And the Cardinals, Cardinals head coach was not happy about it. He was uh, very upset that, like, this is not the time and the place. My guys are, you know, good about it. And pretty much kind of saying that, like, there's other guys you should be targeting is the message I received. So, mm. What
1: would you make of that whole kind of debacle? Yeah, you know, seeing the past couple seasons, I mean— some of these pitches, some of these sliders, some of these sinkers. I mean, I, I look at guys like, you know, Devin Williams. He throws, I think he throws pitches that I just feel like he's I, making up. Yeah. I, I I don't know how you can throw that. I mean, it, the, the ball cuts so inside on righties and then on left on, on and then on righties again, it just you'll throw a slider that just totally disappears and breaks away. Um, but anyways, you know, with the whole situation, it does suck because, uh, you know, Cardinals got targeted and, you know, Mike Schilt was kind of just saying, you know, now is when you do it like why do you randomly pick my guy mm-hmm. for having sunscreen and a rosin bag you know two legal things we're allowed to use in the game and you know if it makes a substance okay but you know we're we're using the the right things that we're supposed to be using you see substances on people's necks with pine tar uh but you know yeah i i don't really know what i would say on this stance just because uh you know we have i think we have to see a little bit take a little bit of a deeper dive into it um, you know batters are allowed to use pine tar for their bats because they don't want to you know they would not want to slip and let go of the bat mm-hmm. um, it's just it, it'll be interesting how it goes it's kind of a I guess it's a, you could say is this kind of like the PEDs the the PED era now for the pitchers but they're right. using substances that are of course not injected into them or they're taking substances but um, it, it, it's interesting
0: like pretty much what you're saying right now is that the MLB is going to have to investigate and take a stance yeah and yeah. we're going to have to see what that is going to be maybe they just are going to Turn a blind eye and, you know, just let it write itself out and see where it goes. I feel like the nature of the MLB, like the whole steroid thing, they let that go for a little while because I feel like the offense was exciting. But if we see pitchers continue to get more and more dominant, I feel like that'll be less exciting. Obviously, people who love baseball will marvel at those performances. That's right. But the casual fan just sees all these 0 0, 1 0 games. That's not going to be as exciting. So, no.
1: And and especially with a dead and ball, with what they're saying too, I mean, with giving that to, you know, two things in favor of the pitcher right? yeah i mean the hitters are probably looking at it as well as you know okay you guys had your fun now let's you know let's go back to maybe maybe you guys can still use the substance but let's get the bat the baseball that we were using back in 2019 back in here for sure so at least we can have a little bit of an even ground here. compromise so.
0: for sure yeah i mean
1: uh, yeah
0: i think it's, it's really it's really going to come down to what the mlb offices are going to do and uh i guess i'm i'm intrigued i'd be so shocked if we saw like the similar level of like Um, backlash like the PED era like imagine if all these guys started getting like suspensions. yeah I don't really see that happening but uh, could you imagine if all the if all the best pitchers just started getting like uh, no exactly 60 game or whatever that
1: or even if I mean I think the the biggest thing is you know we're we're not gonna I mean you you just yeah you gotta you gotta take a stance and and see where this thing leads but I mean yeah exactly I, I mean I don't think this is definitely something that would be you know suspension you know a suspension or anything like that because right. I mean, we're hearing names of the best pitchers in the game de Grom some of these other guys that are doing it and so uh you know we'll just have to see how it goes but you know it's kind of a it's kind of an in- interesting situation um it's early in the kind of investigation of it all but yeah we'll see how it kind of turns out and see what the rules are maybe MLB is just like well I mean sunscreen and a rosin bag we can't tell you no So, I mean, it's kind of just like if you guys, you know, if if, I mean, you still got to throw strikes, you still got to pitch, you still got to blow 95 pass batters. So, you know, good luck. That's that. that, That's my kind of point of view right now.
0: Sure. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see uh, where it goes. Like you said, Um, I guess we can continue kind of transitioning just just to kind of highlight a a few little moments that we saw this week uh, before we get into the the meat of the episode. Uh, Travis, there was a certain play that involved. Uh, Javier Baez. Don't uh, again the Pirates infield defense. Uh, would you like to kind of walk us through that just briefly here? <laughs>
1: I'll walk you through it because it was a. I don't even think it was in a high school level play. It was it was little league. Right. Um, another you know bonehead decision by the Pirates first baseman, not knowing. I, I don't know how many outs he knew there were. Right. But two but there, outs. But there were two. <laughs> two outs. Ground ball hit to third base for the Pirates. Throws over to first base. A little offline first baseman catches it right in the uh base running lane and you think okay just go step on the bag you know inning over no no harm nothing nothing done no he decides to run him down and this is actually a situation i i almost i almost swore that a batter was called out when going to first and he's running backwards i for some reason i always thought that was like you huh. couldn't do that and so I, I knew you can do you, you can do that when you you're, you're going from first to second, second to third, or yeah, third to home. Get a pickle. But I always thought that there was actually a rule from home to first. You have to go. You have to go. You know, Forward. you can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting that that happened. I mean, it, it's fun, kind of funny how you literally learn things. You know, almost every day or every week with baseball. Uh, and yeah, first baseman. <laughs> I I just don't know what what he was thinking. I mean, he'll have that moment to live with for the rest of his life and yeah. you know, it, it's just sad and it, i mean it was smart awareness on javier Baez. i mean getting in kind of a rundown pickle and then he's almost back at home plate and instead of going and just running at him and tagging him he flips it to the catcher and it's a high flip and the guy slides home and and at, from third base and is safe and yeah i i, the, I just don't like, know what to talk about with that play it's,
0: yeah like you mentioned it's the the play was completely fine that you ran Baez all the way back home, but the second you flipped it to the catcher, it makes no sense because does, there's yeah. there's two outs mm-hmm. and the force is at first. Mm-hmm. So you can just either tag Baez even after the run scores, yep. or you yep. can go run and tag first base even after the run scores, and the run will not count. That's right. That's so right. it really just comes down to the fact that you ran, you ran the runner back home after he ran almost all the way to first, and then you... Sent the ball somewhere else. And yeah. that, that, that was your that was your biggest mistake of all because you could have still just tagged them after the runner slid in. Total and, brain fart. And and the fact that it was the Pirates as well just kind of makes it seem like, okay, this is like this... There's no hope. <laughs> this is this last place team <laughs> that just traded away their two best pitchers. And obviously they're, they're in a rebuild mindset and they're also in probably like a draft lottery mindset. Like, you know, what kind of pick can we get um, going into, you know, the next off season? So, that's right. Uh,
1: but you think a guy that's starting... On the field for Major League Baseball should know you know yeah. a little bit of IQ you know, right and sh- and you know this the, the, is this isn't his first time around the block with playing baseball so
0: right yeah the saying is that is that players don't tank but front front offices do or mm-hmm. coaching staff do or whatever but yeah this player you know no idea why the and then yeah I, I'm surprised like not even the catcher or someone was yelling at him like you know just go to first go to yeah, first yeah but yeah like yeah just ev- go it's, it one, seems it's two like outs. it seems like everyone was like just confused and you know the 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 Cubs uh, I guess situational base running just took advantage of it so yeah no exactly
1: exactly and also one last thing i want to talk about before we get into um the all mlb teams um you know we're seeing a lot of kind of I, i feel like this season especially we're seeing a lot of you know things on social media about you know umpires and balls and strikes this season we're seeing yeah uh you know i think the past 2 or 3 seasons they've actually implemented a you know a virtual strike zone when you're watching the game they, yeah, used, the broadcast, they used to not do that they right? used to just you know it just be the catcher and you kind of would just trust the umpire but now they said you know what we're going to put that there for the average fan so they can actually see and you know and actually we can all grade the umpires based on their calls you know balls and strikes but we've seen a lot of pitches lately that have been you know 2 to 3 inches out of the strike zone that have been called strikes or we've seen pitches That have been, you know, right on the corner or even hitting the zone that have been called balls, the opposite call from what they're supposed to be. Yeah, Um, I guess right now it's making more of a case for robot umpires or some sort of technological help to the umpires when they're making balls and strikes. Of course, it's probably one of the toughest decisions when it comes to the umpiring of Major League Baseball um nobody's perfect of course and so it it's just interesting what what right now i mean what what's your opinion on that what's your kind of mindset when it yeah. comes to that sort of thing
0: yeah so i guess in its current state i think something definitely needs to be done cuz there's just too many times where i'm watching a game and you know the the even though a ball and strike they say it'll kind of even out over the course of a game yep. right like yeah He makes some bad calls against the Angels. He makes some bad calls against, you know, the A's. And then over the course of the game, they kind of will even out in that kind of, you know, in the series, it'll even out. But long term, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And that makes sense. Like mathematically, you know, it should even out over time. But there's just too many times where I see like a big moment, like there's two outs, guy on second base in a close game. And it's like an 0-1 count. Or Sorry, like, like, yeah, it could be any count. It could be 1-0 count. Uh, one ball no strikes and then a ball that's outside gets called a strike mm-hmm. and you, you could have mm-hmm. been up 2-0 like super good hitters yep. count now you're 1-1 instead it kind of just changes the whole at bat which then changes that whole inning mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. that inning could have been the biggest inning so it could change the whole game yeah the series yeah. you know it just it really kind of blows out of proportion just from a lot of a lot of small moments kind of make into like a big change in my opinion yeah so yep. i guess where i'm at with it is that something needs to be done because there's just too many moments that I see. And it's not like I watch every pitch of every game and yeah. I'm seeing too, I'm seeing too many. So, um, I think that, you know, I don't think, I don't want ums to like have no job. I think there needs to be a home plate umpire that's there yeah. calling balls and strikes, but maybe some sort of like assist, maybe some, you know, an earpiece and yeah. so someone is like able to correct him. If a, maybe about, I gets one challenge and that bad or something. And you can just yeah. tell the ump challenge and the ump can go to his earpiece and he says, okay, correct it or okay, we're good because there's so many times where a batter just knows, like a batter yeah. like I'll see like a batter no, no, like, of course they'll just like spit on the pitch that's like way outside and then I, I would the, trust the upper uh, the calls a strike and the batter looks so confused like the batter wishes he had a challenge there
1: you know I, I would trust a guy like Mike Trout's vision or Joey Votto's vision a little more than probably the average umpire yeah, just because right. how much they get on base and walk yeah their vision is definitely top notch
0: for sure and yeah so like we were saying like a, a little earpiece or maybe like people say like maybe Google glasses like I mean <laughs> that, that, that'd be crazy awesome but like that might be a little a while away yeah, uh, from, yeah from where we're at right now but yeah i do think something needs to be done and i don't want i don't want it to be like uh the challenging to be a huge big deal where like the ump has to go like look at a monitor because at that point we we're, sl- we're, we're slowing the game yeah. down too much
1: i, I think a bluetooth would be good yeah in the ear just because that way they can have someone relay from the top you know where the announcers are at and that way it can be you know easily discussed and that way it can just be you know the call could be done in three seconds but
0: right and i guess another thing on the topic as well is that travis on twitter i've been seeing recently this account that posts um mlb ump report cards essentially Mm. it'll show the strike zone and it'll show red and green dots for all the strikes that got called balls and the balls that got called strikes and it will also show you which teams that were favored in that game Mm, and by how many runs as well. So usually you'll see like, okay, in like a Yankees Orioles game, it'll say, uh, you know, it'll show all the balls and strikes that were missed, missed calls. And then it'll show like uh, the score of the game. And it'll say like, okay, Yankees won four to three. And the Yankees were favored by like 0.4 runs by the umpire. So it's like, it's kind of interesting. It's like, okay, so like the umpire's calls actually favor the Yankees in a meaningful way because that was a close game yep, and there was actually yep. one game I can't remember who we were playing but the Angels were playing against an opponent and I remember specifically the calls being very bad I look at the report card the next day on Twitter and the Angels lost by one and the other team was favored by more than a run which oh, just wow. tells me that like okay like according to this like this the math behind this balls mm-hmm. and strikes like uh, report card thing the Angels lost the game because of the ump because of those you know calls it, it it made the the all the difference in the run differential so i think something needs to be done i think we're kind of on the same page on this i assume i i
1: i'm 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 on the same page when it comes to that i'm also when it comes to also balls and strikes um you know i think a lot of umpires too will will you know they don't have that little virtual strike zone they have they have you know when they when they are you know um, umpiring behind home plate they kind of have to make that strike zone you know in their own eyes, kind of seeing yeah. where it's at. So, you know, there are certain calls where I will say, oh, man, this is right, right off the corner or, you know, right on the corner. And they might not be called balls or strikes. Um, I think some umpires actually will be – th- I think the biggest thing is being consistent. I think when an umpire might be calling an, a strike that's maybe an inch or an inch and a half outside, I think if he consistently calls that, I'm probably fine with that because – the batters know, okay, he's gonna be calling a little bit off the edge of the zone. And maybe when if you're a righty hitter and he's throwing, you know, a little bit, you know, he's calling everything outside, maybe he he pinches that zone on the inner side side of the box, and maybe he's not calling things right on the, you know, right on the target for uh righties or something like that, or even for lefties. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing for me is if the umpire is staying consistent, then I am I am pretty good with it. And I'm fine with it. Also, one thing too is I think some umpires will actually call balls and strikes kind of based on maybe how the starting pitcher or the pitcher is doing. If a relief or let's just say a starting pitcher like Max Scherzer, if he's just painting corners and he's throwing an absolute great ball game, I think some umpires will give him a little bit more of favorite calls just because of how well he's throwing. And I kind of see that, you know, maybe you want to give him a little bit, you know, of, you know, benefit the doubt. But if you're like Jose Quintana and you're having eight walks in a game, umpires are probably going to make you throw more balls down the strike zone because you know what? I'm not going to give you that corner call because you're you're, not you're so wild today. And yeah. so I see that too, where I'm kind of like, you know what? I can see as an umpire too, telling you know a pitcher maybe before the start saying, hey, you know, I'm the kind of guy where if you don't if you don't hit your spots very well, or let's just say you're 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 wild, I'm going to make it possibly a little bit harder for you to get strikes because I want you to be you know I want you guys to get your you know control down. Some guys I know, um, some guys I know kind of are, are are like that. I, I'm I'm pretty sure some umpires are, are very much on that side of, you know, if this guy's going to be sporadic and wild, I'm, I'm not going to give him some of these close calls that I'm going to give some of these other guys who are throwing, you know, control great, you know, great at hitting the corners. And so, um, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, but I, I I will say, I've seen some cold strikes where they are three inches out of the zone and it's like, okay, for like, there's no argument.
0: There's no argument about that guy like
1: Rendon. I'm like, how are you going to hit that? You need a 37 inch bat to hit that pitch. And so it is a little bit like, okay, that's a little bit kind of on the, yeah angel martinez or angel hernandez (laughs) side you know you can't you can't kind of be you can't be doing that at all so um it is it is you know and sports are just you know the one thing about sports that makes it fun is it's all been it's all judged by you know human beings and it's yeah there's always
0: a level of subjectivity to it and
1: you look at even basketball football you know at least now they have challenges in most of all sports which is really nice yeah um but you know what it that's what makes it kind of interesting and fun and you know maybe there's not there's not there's not perfect there's not perfect people in the world so some of these games can't be ran you know in a perfect fashion but um but yeah some of the calls i will say yikes you know right earpiece is definitely needed i think on some of those plays yeah i think
0: i think we'll head that direction in the future uh i don't know when but based on what we've seen this year hopefully it's sooner than later
1: yes all right alex uh time to dive into the all mlb team and i'll actually clarify it for the listeners as well um, me and Alex, we did this. We did these, you know, these starting nine teams based off of the numbers from April and May. So it's not just May numbers. It's going to be a combination of April and May. Right. Some guys might have had stellar May's that might not have just like made the list. They For might, sure. They For might sure. not have made the list, but some guys have had complete two months. Or some guys might have only had, you know, an insane April. And, and it maybe, was good enough. Yeah. Maybe an okay May, but it's good enough to stay on yeah. the on, on the starting nine list. But es-
0: Essentially, every month going forward, you and I want to, at the end of the month, say, okay,
1: right now, if the season ended, what would our all MLB team Exactly, be? exactly. And, and, and that's the main point of it right now, too. And especially with the war- awards as well. We'll go over that as well, going, you know, who right now, if the season ended today... You know, hey, it's been two months and who's a two-month MVP? Th- th- yeah. This is pretty much like the last season. You know, it's been about fifty something games played this season so far. And so mm-hmm. just imagine this was 2020 last year, and these are the guys right now yeah. who we'll dive into. But um we'll start at position number one, catcher for that. I will start with you to see who is your all MLB starting catcher right now.
0: Okay, Travis. Um, I will go first. My catcher is Mr giant buster posey wow okay and i think that that pick just makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons i'll start off with his slash line a 331 batting average 415 on base 613 slugging for a ten twenty eight ops um i think and also 10 home runs i'll add 10 home runs for a catcher which at this point is super good um travis he's had a very impressive resurgence um a few years ago, the catch, uh, his batting skills were kind of waning, and he was almost looked like he was due for a, tra- a transition to first base. This season, it's been all catching, and he's been good at it. His defensive metrics show that he's you know uh, at least doing a positive impact. He has one defensive run saved, and he's positive in framing. He's point seven framing uh, according to Fangraphs. So. Um, if the defense isn't, you know, terrible and with that kind of bat, I have to give him a nod. And he's also like his team is winning and he's probably the most impactful player on his team. Outside of their really good pitching right now. But uh, that's another thing. Buster Posey is also uh, in charge of a really talented staff right now that's doing great work for the Giants. So and he's the catcher. He's, you know, sort of, you know, he seems like he's a captain of the ship. So Buster Posey has to be my pick. Uh, Travis, how about you for catcher? You know, it's
1: interesting. Yeah, that's actually a great pick because he has been you know had a crazy resurgence year you know all around hitting I think he's backed almost his MVP form in 20 uh 2012 but um I'm actually gonna keep and stay with Carson Kelly okay. on the Diamondbacks so okay. it was definitely between those guys I think another guy too that really is kind of you know being sneaky when it comes to uh you know not on the not on the percentage stats but you know RBIs home runs is Salvador Perez he's having a great year as well and so yeah. those are three guys I like to keep an eye on but Carson Kelly right now um, he's one guy that actually has been banged up in the month of May. He hasn't played that much, so that's why I kind of kept him because I think he had a pretty unreal April, and so that's why I kind of kept him on my All MLB team right now. Hasn't had a hundred MLB at bats this season yet, but um, so far, I'm, of course, with the um, with the with the you know numbers, he has a one point seven WAR right now on Baseball Reference, and um, right now Buster Posey has about I want to say about twenty. 5 to 30 more at-bats than Carson Kelly, and he has a 1.8 war. And mm-hmm. so I look at that, and I'm like, okay, you know, Carson Kelly has less at-bats, but he still put up an insane war season yeah. or war month in the month of uh, April. So I kept him on that. Um, on base is still insane right now, four hundred and 443 on base, uh, 525 slugging, um, almost a 970 OPS and a 167 OPS plus, still going off. Um, I think one thing, too, with him is that he actually has pretty good speed on the base pass as well with Carson Kelly. Um, All the numbers are still lining up to be having a great season, a 300 average. I think right now it's him and Posey definitely are in the, you know, conversation for, you know, uh, best hitting catcher. Probably going to be, you know, those two guys for the silver slugger for the catcher this year. Sure. Um, But I kept up with him. Um, Some of these guys, you know, I think that could be their last season, you know, or not in the last season, last month on this list, just because you know, they might've started out the Gates hot, but we'll see what happens. Most of, of course you've seen all the batting averages go down. No one's hitting 400 anymore. Yeah. Um, you right. know, numbers start to kind of decrease and get back to their normal self. But yeah, I still have him as my starting catcher. Yeah, I respect so. it. I respect it. So, uh, let's move to, uh, to first base. And yeah, I don't think we're going to have, uh, too much of a, you know, different opinion on this guy. <laughs> I right hope, now. I hope not. No, no, no. So
0: who do you, who do you got? You can start.
1: Okay. So, uh, uh, his dad played for the Angels uh and now he's just going off and it's uh it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So uh Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right now is just I mean on another planet right now with with hitting the baseball. Um 16 home runs currently tied for the major league lead um and you know not only hitting home runs he's also getting on base 430 on base right now. uh, uh like I said 16 home runs a 323 batting average um I mean he's doing things that are stupid right now. And and I think you would agree with me. He is definitely in the top three, if not top two um, for AL MVP right now. Odds, he is looking so good. Uh, he's kind of coming out to that form as we saw, um, you know, most people predict, you know, we saw him in the minors a couple of years ago and he was, you know, yeah. hitting insane. You know, I mean, one of the guys that you, you look at and you're saying he looks like he's playing woof ball out there, but yeah. he's playing actual baseball. So, uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna think you have the same one, but
0: yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and reveal my first base pick. Ooh. It is Vladimir Guerrero okay. Jr. Uh like you mentioned the he's well he's sitting a, a 323 average, which is great, but like like you mentioned, the 430 on base it leads the American League. The 634 slugging leads the American League. A 1065 OPS that leads the MLB amongst qualified hitters. Um, you know people who have hit enough to be you know considered qualified enough at bats, and uh, and all that. And then 194 OPS plus, which also leads qualified hitters in the major leagues. Um, like you said, 16 home runs. He's just put together a, a, an absolute MVP season. Um, we'll have the MVP conversation later on. But he has to, yeah, he's in the top of the race. He's in the top pack of he's he's totally in the hunt. And, you know, some could argue he could be even be, be even be the favorite, but we'll get there when we get there. Um also on Guerrero Jr., you mentioned how he was tearing it up and we kind of saw this coming with him. Totally agree. For the longest time, last couple of seasons, people kept talking about how his exit velocity was crazy. He just hits yeah. the ball so hard. His hard hit percentage is so high. He's always crushing the ball, but he just you get, a, you
1: get a launch angle to that, and then yeah, then you got Exa- something, ex- something serious.
0: Exactly, yeah. it was too many hard hit balls on the ground, pop ups. Now, when you turn into just liners and, and 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 fly balls, deep fly balls, he's hitting home runs like we knew he could this whole time, and he's put together an, an incredible you know last couple months. That's um, right. That's right. I, yeah. I know. I know his start to the season's already rivaled ra- his dad's best uh, best performances. Like I saw a stat about how. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Senior, uh legendary career, won an MVP award, but he never. I think he only led the league in homers, uh for like one day. He was like tied for the lead, mm-hmm, but Guerrero mm-hmm. has had the outright lead uh, already so far, and he's led. He's been tied for the lead for multiple days, so he, uh, you know, he's doing things that even his Hall of Fame dad has did not do. And yeah, so if Vladi, young Vladi, can keep this up, you know, who knows where his career could go. But I'm glad we agree there. I think it's time to move on to second base. Second base, yep. Ooh, so whoosh. for me...
1: Go for it. Staying in Toronto, I have Marcus Simeon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was a tough one because there's another guy that plays second base, but we'll get into that um, very soon. But for me, Marcus Simeon right now leads all primary second basemen in war. He leads them in home runs. He leads them in slugging, and he also leads them in OPS. And when I say I mean primary second basemen, I was looking at this... There's another guy I want to talk about that's having a pretty unreal season, but uh, Marcus Simeon playing, I think, 100 if not 90% of the games at second base. He is the, he is the uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, primary second baseman with uh, Biggio playing, uh, I'm sorry, not Biggio, um, Bichette, Bichette playing shortstop. So, yeah. um, playing all of his games at second base, but yeah, Simeon is, I mean, he's just doing unreal things, uh, 2.9 war. Currently, I believe, top in uh, positionals. I think he's in the top three or top five for all of War of Baseball. And so, you know, not only a great hitter, also a great just getting the job done at second base for fielding as well. Um, I'm looking at some of these numbers, of course, uh, you know, just under 300 batting average right now, but uh, 365 on base and a 550 slugging. Um, He has about a 915 OPS right now. But Simeon, I mean, he's just doing it at the plate when it comes to home runs. I feel like I always see him um, on a, you know, every week he's hitting two or three home runs a week. And, you know, just being a nice uh, lead off or second uh, hitter in that lineup for the Blue Jays to pair with Guerrero hitting third. So I have Simeon there just because I think the, I think war, of course, is a very good thing to measure, of course, some people on. And so having a middle infielder have a high war like that, um, it's very impressive to see, um, you know, Marcus Simeon, because I think we all agree, you know, he was just he was a good shortstop in Oakland. I don't think he was ever really elite. I remember he had that one top three MVP voting year that was yeah. kind of just like, wow. I mean, I think DJ Lemayhu got less votes and it was like, Semyon. But yeah. I remember he had like an eight point something war. And it was like, wow, like he was up there with Trout with war. I mean, how, how is that even possible? But right. he's just kind of a sneaky, gets the job done uh, middle infielder. And so I, I kind of value that. And so right now I'm going to add him and he'll be my uh, second baseman for the... Uh, all MLB team right now
0: and so Travis my second baseman I will say that we agree again good Um, okay yeah Marcus Simeon was my pick as well uh you highlighted his numbers it's super good a a 152 OPS plus which you know to be that that much above the pack and then you're also playing second base and you're you know being you know somewhat solid defensively defense never maybe his you know his um, I guess greatest attribute but he also has a 62 hits, which I yeah. think you know. If 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 he uh, is leading the American League in hits, I'll add. So when you're leading when you're leading your league in hits, um, that's not really something I value incredibly. But I think at the end of the season, if you're are the hits leader for your league, it will go a long way with like the voters when they're deciding they're all MLB teams. Definitely, yeah. If you're leading your league in hits, that's a huge bonus. Um, so yeah, I uh, you covered it well. Uh, Semyon has been a really important pickup for that Blue Jays team. Uh, has, you know, just kind of plugged into the second base role uh, in a great way, being a career shortstop, and, uh, you know, he's he's d- done his job
1: uh, day in, day out. So and, and I will, he was the obvious choice for me. He was, yeah. And I will say, I will point out, because there is a guy that has been moved to second base the past couple of weeks because of another person coming in. Uh, Charles, Charis, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> but I'll just cover just for a little bit, just because of Max Muncy, you know, putting up unreal numbers. He's currently playing second base right now because they have – an old bum playing first base, but you know, he's actually not doing too bad pools. And he had a couple home runs this past weekend, but uh, you know, Max Muncy, of course too, is playing, you know, unreal. It just sucks that, you know, with, I think these kind of, you know, rosters and lists when you come all MLB teams, I think sometimes managers might hurt players chances of getting on this. If they are playing, you know, three different positions in the infield, right. Or, you know, I think outfield, they don't really judge on left, right and center. They might just say outfield. So if you play, you know, center and right field, You're not going to get hurt too bad, but it is. No,
0: no, you're you're totally right because Max Muncy is legitimately leading baseball in war right now. Yeah. He's putting together. I I was going to actually do this later. I'll just do this now. I'll pull up his numbers. He has put together one of the most incredible starts. His month of May has been absolutely remarkable. Um, And like you said, him being a first baseman and second baseman Really kind of screws him over in this conversation because mm-hmm. first base, if he played all first base the whole year, never switched off, he would be up there with Guerrero Jr. I would still I'd give Guerrero Jr. a nod, too. Yep, yep. but he's right there with him. And then the fact that he's playing a bunch of second base as well, you really have to give Guerrero the nod there. And he's not played enough second baseman to compete with Semyon because it's yep. really not Muncy's uh, primary position, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm pulling up uh, Max Muncy's page right now, and uh, just what he's been able to do. In the month of May, obviously, our list is April and May, but just in the month of May, what he's been able to do is actually totally mind blowing. Um, in May, he has a 452 on base and a 733 slugging. Yeah. And that's just remarkable. That's a, that's a, 220, a 229 OPS plus. He just, he's just absolutely just mashing. Uh, and I believe ten home runs in the month. So he just he's going crazy. But somehow Travis, we can't find a spot for him because it just, it's a positional thing. It does and suck, and since you're having that's the
1: way it goes. You want to have a rival guy that's just having a year like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And you know you just got to say you know Muncie's having a great had a great you know going to be a great May player. Um, but Guerrero's just having the whole you know. 50-something games that we've seen right now of Guerrero yeah. Jr. has been on top of it. And of course, he's been playing first base every single day. Um, and not so, enough second base for Muncie, but exactly. I,
0: I think we covered that well. Exactly. Uh, where are we going next, Travis?
1: Uh, we'll go with third base. And I want to start off with you just to see uh, who you got for third base, the hot corner, right now for all MLB. So for third base right now, Travis, I am sticking with my pick from
0: last month. I had Chris Bryant. Okay. I'm just going to write it out with Chris Bryant. Um, he's still putting up really incredible numbers. A 320 batting average, which is I a lot of bad batting averages, Travis, right now are really slipping off. Yes. Um a lot of guys I think it just must be that the ball or the pitchers being just great this year. But he's still up there at a three twenty, which is really good. Uh four oh four uh on base, which is, you know, he's really showing his walkability this year. Um and then a five eighty six slugging that adds up to a nine eighty nine OPS and, and a one seventy seven OPS plus. One seventy seven is a is like almost like If you finished your season at a 177, you're going to be in the MVP conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just been impressed with what he's done. Uh, One thing about him, I guess, that you could highlight as an argument against Bryant is that he's been playing other positions too. So if someone didn't want him as their third baseman, I would understand because I think I saw a stat saying he actually has five... Or more appearances at five different positions, hmm. which is crazy. Okay. I believe all three outfield spots, as yep. well as third and first base. So he's playing everywhere, but third by far the one he's played the most. So I have
1: him there as my third baseman. What about you, Travis? Third base? That's a that's a good pick. Um, but we agree. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. 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 Uh, yeah. So I went. With, I went with Justin Turner last. Uh, last time out in April. Uh, yeah, Turner had a great, great April. But I think altogether now, this is of course the first time we've done two months, two different kind of, uh, you know, spectrums when you look at, you know, the different months. But Chris Bryant right now, of course, yeah, like you said, the average is is great. The on-base, the OPS, all those numbers are doing really well. Um, and also, you know, he's kind of been a nice little spark because now the Cubs are, you know, in that NL Central, the Cubs, I believe I saw a couple of days ago, they were first place. And wow, yeah. um, it was funny. They were saying, you know, the Cubs need an A starting pitcher if they actually want to, you know, compete. And they just traded Darvish away uh, in the offseason. So it's kind of a funky situation right now in Chicago because they—I feel like everyone was like, oh, they'll probably be a fourth-place team this year. They're not probably going to compete because they kind of want to trade all their pieces away. So it'll be interesting to where he goes. But right now, the Bryant stock is really high. Oh, yeah. They, I'm I'm thinking they probably—if I was part of the Chicago Cubs, I would say we probably have to get rid of this guy because—
0: Well, they, they, they it's super tricky. Like, like you're mentioning, he his stock is high. Mm-hmm. And teams need third baseman. There's mm-hmm. there are plenty of contenders who could left Or left fielders or first baseman. Yeah. I'm pretty much a utility guy. Yeah. And like you mentioned, they're also in first place. Yeah. So if they're in first place at the trade deadline, are you going to... Give give your MVP player. It's tricky. It's it is, tricky. It's gonna be a hard decision they'll have to come across, and then you're risking him walking away for nothing if you don't trade him. Yep. And you could get you can get quite a haul. I'm sure at the deadline for him. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, at but the, he. The deadline, but he's earned the spot. I'm he's
1: definitely earned the spot. I would say that it's 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 definitely apparent that you know he is the third baseman right now, which is nice to see because we're kind of getting back to some of the players that were. Um, you know, stars. I think five something years ago with Bryant winning the MVP in 2016. It's nice to kind of see him get back to that point because oh yeah, I mean, th- third baseman talent in the MLB right now is just it's it's littered with so much talent as the short a shortstop position. So
0: yeah, and, and he's absolutely mashing against lefties. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah. I, I saw some absurd stats that I don't even it's just beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. And yeah. so he, you know, he's he's more or less uh, solidified the spot in both our minds. Uh, so I think it's time to go over to shortstop now, Travis yeah want to start us off
1: yep so with shortstop I uh I went with this guy last month and I'm still sticking with him and I'm going to go with Xander Bogarts for wow. the Boston okay. Red Sox okay um right now with, talk me through it with shortstops he currently leads all shortstops in average in on base in slugging and in OPS um of course when you look at the at-bats and the plate appearances that's where they kind of measure that because there are, there are there's one guy that's doing pretty good right now yeah it hasn't had a lot of at-bats though but Bogarts for me uh has been consistent throughout the past two months also leads um leads shortstops actually in hits as well so uh for me Bogarts I think is just he, he's he's just putting up that that season I think that we've been kind of waiting for where he has been you know kind of that I would say definitely a top 10 and possibly a top five there are there's a, a ton of talent in shortstops in the MLB right now just like third base I think top 10 he's definitely a top 10 uh, oh shortstop. I no question um his offense is definitely in the tops for all shortstops and so that's basically my my main reasoning with covering with Bogarts Alex I'll, I'll turn it over to you uh let's see uh you know you probably have a different shortstop possibly than maybe last month but right. I want to see who you got now for your shortstop
0: so uh we actually went a different way this time, Travis. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going with Fernando Tatis Jr. as my uh all MLB shortstop as of right now. Uh li- like you like you you kind of alluded to, not the same uh number of plate appearances as Bogart's. Not uh not you know has had some injury uh, issues, missed some time, but despite all that, his uh numbers are still very impressive to me. I'm talking about a 299 average, a 380 on base percentage. A 694 slugging, and that leads the MLB. Um, obviously, not the same number of reps as some other guys, but when you're leading the MLB in slugging, that just tells me, as a shortstop, I'll add, as a shortstop leading MLB in in, in like, pretty much power hitting, that's super impressive. As for a 1074 uh, OPS and a 202 OPS plus, Travis, 15 home runs, 12 stolen bases. Both those numbers are tied for the lead in the National League. And like we said, he's missed games, yeah, so yeah. kind of showing you what he can do when he does get his games played up, and the
1: clutchness. <laughs>
0: Not to mention him hitting you know train track balls to tie games in in Houston. Not to mention his you know having multiple home runs in in, in a big series against the Dodgers. Yeah, you know that's right. He'll find the right moment and he'll just shine. Um, He's really making a case, Travis. We we discussed this the other day. He's making a case for really being one of the best players in all of baseball. Uh, Trout still number one, of course. I think DeGrom is up there in that mix. And now Tatis. Before, we all knew he was a top 10 player going into this year. But I think he's really, you know, like we said before, with Betts and Soto both having a, a rougher start to their season, Tatis has been red hot. And factoring that in, I think, you know, by the end of the season, if he keeps this up, he could be considered the you know a second or third best player in baseball. Um, the defense has been questionable, Travis, mm-hmm. and that's where I was gonna try to get you with Bogarts. Was you know Bogarts historically, famously, the defense is not there, but he's the best bat at, at the position. You know that's been yep. that's been the last few years, but this year, uh, Tatis's defense has been you know equally questionable. You know, lots of errors. Um, you know, he's still showing his his athleticism, and he's a very strong arm, but the arm is wild. And he he does uh you know miss some miss his glove on some on some uh, easier plays so um but the base running is still uh, amazing and really the bat um, the bat is is incredible so I went with Tatis uh, I think you understand the argument uh, I think you're probably good with it yeah
1: but, yeah the the the, t- the tough thing of course and I mean it, it's gonna be insane when this guy is you know fully healthy and he's playing every single day because that's what we need to see yeah um I will say with the short games you know it's he hasn't played as many games as some of these guys but he's still putting up you know 15 home runs and still leading the nl in stolen bases or tied
0: and, and he has a 2.3 baseball reference war so yeah. e- even though he the defense has been questionable and even though the games played is less than some others the war is still mvp like so exactly, exactly. I, I, I went with him
1: okay okay and, and that's definitely uh very fair and he's you know i, I think next se- next month i think he'll be easily yeah. on everybody's yeah yeah okay
0: top. cool 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 okay so uh now, Travis, we need to transition to our three outfield picks. We both have three outfielders. That's right. Uh, we didn't organize it into left, center, right. We just picked three outfielders mm-hmm. that we think are deserving of the All-Mobile team. So why don't you start us off?
1: Yep. So, uh, you know, going back to last uh, last month, you know, it was a pretty pretty, pretty easy kind of top... Pretty much unanimous, I would yeah, say, among
0: people who knew what they were talking about.
1: Trout, Acuna, and Buxton were the three just unstoppable outfielders last month and so it's my my, mind's changed but not not too much but uh I'll kind of highlight it right now so one outfielder that has uh been new to my list and that's going to be Nicholas Cassianos for the Cincinnati Reds um I'll cover him just a sec uh second outfielder is uh it's actually going to stay with Ronald Acuna Jr. um with what he's done and then uh last this is kind of a surprise um I kept with Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins. And so I'll kind of cover why I kind of chose those picks, but I'll start off with Castellanos Castellanos right now, uh, 2.8 war. Um, I think that's currently tied for third. If I'm not, uh, um, let me check one sec. Yep. Tied for third, of course. Good. Uh, so tie for third, uh, for all of MLB in position players war. Um, 359 batting average currently leads all of baseball, um, leads all of the NL in OPS with a 1.063, and also leads all of baseball with total bases. So he's kind of just been an extra base machine this year. 15 doubles and 12 home runs for Castellanos. So I had to include him just because of the outbreak he's had um the last three to four weeks in the season. Um, Next guy was Acuna. I still think Acuna is still going to be, you know, up there with the MVP voting. He's just, you know, he's kind of just a a hitter that's going to be doing it all. You know, when it comes to getting on base and then also stealing bases, you know, hitting for pop, hitting for home runs. Um, I still have to include Acuna Jr. Right now, he's second in home runs in the league. He's actually top three in outfielders in the MLB, in OPS and in slugging. So, I got to include him just because of what he's doing again this season. I know he's been a little bit injured, but um, yeah, still putting up a very, very good season. Um, And then lastly, kind of the, you know, kind of the weird outlier I had when that was Byron Buxton for my last outfield spot. Only reason I chose him is because right now I think he has a little bit less than 100 at-bats for the season He's only played in about four to five games this May, and so really has been part of the injury bug the past couple weeks. Um, hasn't really been able to showcase his talents, but he has played in only 24 games of this season. And he currently is tied for third with MLB War with every single player, uh, position player at least with 2.8 yeah, i just thought that was crazy yeah. i thought that was insane right now he is tied with kiner falefa he's tied with Castianos, and he's tied with adolis garcia of the texas rangers um, for a 2.8 war just below Semyon and muncie but i was just I, I just could not believe that and how special of a month he had in april uh it, it just was unbelievable i look at some guys that you know you look at their 2020 and Fernando Tatis and Trey Turner both had 2.8 wars in 2020 and that was in a 60 game season. And I'm pretty sure those guys played about 50 to 60 games and they still the same war as Byron Buxton's first month this right, season. Right. Right. It was just, I mean I think we were looking at it and he was on track to become a 20 war player this year. Of course, it's not going to happen because yeah. of injuries and you know you kind of of course uh your stats of course go down throughout the season, but it was just it was just a an insane, insane month. And so I kinda had to keep him on just because he had played so highly that season. He was the MVP of April pretty much. And so um I had to keep him on. And, you know, I think that's uh that's fair because I think with the the war leaders, it's just insane to still be up there with that and still be so impactful on defensive side and on the offensive side. But I'll switch it over to you, Alex, for your top three or for your outfielders.
0: Right. So my three outfielders of choice, we actually have some similarities and some differences. So I'll start off the same way you started off. I'll go Nick Castellanos. Um, I, I'll just go through all three. So Nick Castellanos is one of my outfielders. Uh, another choice I had was actually uh, Jesse Winker. Ah, and yes. uh, Winker is a guy who, to me, his numbers almost look like Castellanos Jr. He It's almost identical. It's actually very interesting. And then uh, my last pick was actually Ronald Acuna. Okay. Uh, so we have two of the same, one different. And I guess we'll talk about why. So Castellanos, you covered it well. The 359 batting average that's actually the MLB batting title right now. If the season ended today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he'd be the batting champion. Um which is not what probably people would expect because he's a big uh extra base guy, a big slugger. He hits home runs and he has led, he's led he's and he has led the league in doubles before, which that kind of tells you okay, you know, he finds the gap. He uh, hits the ball over the fence, but actually This year, the contact has been there as well, which is just a whole other piece to his game that's been super impressive. So the 359 average pairs up with the 416 on base. So he's been walking a good amount as well That's a 647 slugging, which is a monster number. And then that's a 1063 OPS, which um, is just one tick below Guerrero Jr. for the lead in the MLB. But does lead the National League with that 10.63 OPS. That's a 16 a 176 OPS plus, absolutely MVP-like performance by him uh, in these first two months. He's in that conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. You mentioned he's like about top three, top four in a war for position players. He's right up there, uh, you know, with the best hitters in baseball. Uh, and then right next to him, I have to put Jesse Winker. Uh, Winker is a guy who the numbers are almost the same. He's got a 348. Uh, average which is about you know 11 points below uh, castellanos's number but 348 still Mm -hmm. for a guy who hits power to have that kind of average is, is is amazing a 411 on base which is just five points below where castellanos was for on base so winker as well is getting his walks in and then a 635 slugging which is just 12 points below where castellanos was so winker is just like almost castellanos light to me all the numbers are a tick below but you know, yeah, it's almost like the Reds have this righty and this lefty. Winker being the lefty, of course. They're just yes. putting up these really yeah. amazing offensive seasons. Um, but the pitching
1: side just is not uh, not keeping its hand of the bargain. Well,
0: so. let's, let's just say Luis uh, Castillo has, yeah. uh, has, uh, <laughs> has some ground to make up to return to his 2020 and uh, 2019 form. But uh, Winker with the 172 uh, OPS, that's still MVP-like. Unfortunately, Castellanos is stealing his thunder. But, you know... Both guys putting together uh really marvelous uh stat lines I I would say for those first two months and then my last pick was Acuna there are some other guys that were in my head for this spot um you had a great point about Buxton just the the April was so good for him that he uh almost deserves a nod for April and May just because the the April was on that level but Acuna uh a two seventy eight uh, average a three seventy eight uh on base percentage, that tells me he's walking a lot because mm-hmm. that's a huge gap between those numbers. And then six oh four is the uh is the slugging. He's a 157 OPS plus uh fifteen homers that's tied for the league in the national league. Charis, he's missed some games and he's also tied for that lead in the home run. So that's right. That's he's really right. a guy you could be looking at for like a, a home run title this year. He's definitely gonna be in that mix late in the season. We'll see how he keeps up. But um the defense, the base running Combine that with this, uh, you know, all-star level hitting. He's going to be in the MVP conversation. Definitely, he was my third pick. I guess, I guess on that Buxton conversation, we'll kind of highlight that a little bit. Uh, so Buxton was your choice, and the WAR was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with his amazing defense. Yes. He really is. He's possibly the best defender uh, in outfield in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the, the speed is incredible too, which kind of factors in there. That, with a combination
1: well. of the power that he was putting up in the month of April, was oh, just. Yeah. I mean, it was it was almost. It was almost unreal. I mean, you're almost putting up yeah. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, but you're also have one you're of the playing, best defense. You're playing Willie Mays, yeah. Yes, it's- exactly, exactly. And so when you put up an, an, a a month like that, your WAR is going to be through the roof. And you know it's not going to you know stay that way for the whole entire season. But as we're seeing right now. But yeah, I I I think that was one thing I looked at, and I was just blown away that he was that high on the WAR scale. Yeah, and he has. I think he's played four games this month.
0: And 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 the big thing between uh you know Winker was my choice and Buxton was yours as the difference we had in the outfield. Winker is not the defensive guy that Buxton no. is. Yeah, he's quite the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, but the offense was incredible, and Winker has played uh way more games, more PA's. So I went with Winker. You went with Buxton. Both are good choices. Um, there's some other guys that just missed a cut as well, but we can kind of cover uh, some of those guys later on. Definitely. I think it's time to switch over to DH uh where are you at with that Travis so
1: DH uh you know I think there's really to me I think there's like two guys that are are definitely in the race for that you know I I just I went with Shohei Otani wow and so I I went with Otani you okay. know and 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 for me it's him and JD Martinez because JD Martinez is having an absolute unreal season for me I chose Otani basically of course you know second in uh in home runs just going off on the offensive side there um and I think for me with Otani that's really special is that, you know, not only probably has some of the best raw power in the game, but when you're up there at the plate, he's hardly ever going to ground into a double plate if he ever does hit the ball on the ground, which we don't see very much. But when you hit the ball on the ground, he has insane speed down the line that you're not going to double him up very often. So it almost makes him kind of just a, a more insane presence at the point yeah. for infielders of course and outfielders got to be on their game because he like we saw a couple days ago he turned a broken bat single into a double and it, it it's stuff like that that i see that i'm kind of just like you know wow you know martinez a, a different animal for Mar- sure. martinez right now of course is definitely higher on the on base i think he's actually higher of course on the ops and the ops plus and the batting average but I say Otani is my DH right now, just because of, of course, the home runs are really special, second in MLB, but also just being that DH that also can be a just an insane presence on the base pass. You know, easily can get to first to home on a gap shot from any oh, other yeah. player in the Angels lineup. So, uh, for me, I went with Otani just from just the special hitting we've seen. And also, I mean, I think you just look at him and you watch him on TV. You watch him. Just the way the ball jumps off the bat is just insane. I mean, his hitting yeah. is is almost on another, another planet right now.
0: Right, yeah. His, you know, his hard hit uh, numbers and his, you know. Uh, it's interesting that you brought up the whole uh, aspect to, like, how you're going to field him on the infield. Because, like you mentioned, he always beats out double plays. He's just so fast. So he'll beat out regular grounders sometimes. That's right. But you mentioned he doesn't ground the ball a lot. And that's interesting because... A big power-hitting lefty like that, you would think you'd want to shift him hard to the right, mm-hmm. have a, you know the second baseman out in right field practically, because he hits the ball hard and he is a lefty. But he's also hits oppo so much. Uh, and
1: we've seen him drop I, the bunt down.
0: We've seen him drop the bunt down and beat be, be it love out with no that.
1: problem. I love that because so many lefties, like, and you know, you're not going to drop the bunt down if you're David Ortiz. But we've seen so many lefties have this shift on, and it's like they're giving you a free base hit. Can you just put the bunt down? And we've seen it, I think, three times this season where he's actually laid down the bunt, and his speed, you're not going to catch him. No way. And if he if he, if he were to, if, if, in some circumstances, pushes that thing, you might have a double. But well, the other thing
0: with Shoei is that, like, obviously the bunt down is perfect. Other times, he'll just flick it over the... Whoever's on the left side. Yes. Flick, flick it over their head. Yep. His oppo, his oppo uh, line drive ability is, is really good. We saw actually on display last night, or yesterday, uh, during the day against the A's. Um, but he... It, He's just been super, super good uh, on in all ends. But I actually have a different pick. Okay. My okay. DH is going to be JD Martinez. Ah. I just had to go with the guy with the incredible slash line, the three, mm-hmm. the three twenty eight average, that actually leads the American League in batting average at three twenty eight. Okay. Wow. A three ninety nine on base and a five eighty seven slugging. Uh, that's an, that's a nine eighty six OPS and a one seventy one OPS plus. a a considerable step down from what he was doing in just April but you look at April and May I still have him you know he's the batting batting champion for the American League at least and then he has, you know, some of the best uh, hitting in general. Yeah. One of the best yep. bats in the American League for sure. He actually has 62 hits, which that also leads the American League. Yep. Uh, and still 12 homers, so the power numbers are still there, even though he's not leading the league like he used to.
1: Uh, the stat lines definitely a few weeks give ago. him. Yeah. The stat lines are clear and obvious that he is putting up better numbers than Shohei. Of course. Of course, you know me and you just will favor and look at different things. Yeah. Um, to judge our players, but no, yeah, Absolutely. he was. Of course, he was definitely it. I wanted to put him, but I was like, I'm going to go with Otani just because of what we're watching, what we're seeing, right. how he affects and the kind of the game when he is either walked or gets a single, how he affects the game differently than, of course, JD Martinez. And,
0: and like you mentioned, Shohei does have more homers than JD, and Shohei is obviously a bigger threat on the base paths. Shohei also, well, uh, we haven't actually seen him able to flash the leather, but if. Otani's actually has some innings played in in right field this season. That's right. That's and right. And Martinez has some uh some play time in left or right field this season and mm-hmm. usually with JD it doesn't go that well. Uh just being not not the best defender. I wonder if we get to see Shohei Get a chance to actually field maybe a, a tough play and try to lay I out for one. I want to see a throw home from right field. <laughs> right, um, th- that'd be a lot of fun to see, but we'll have to we'll have to see if that ends up happening. But um, obviously, that defensive aspect does not factor into our DH. But it's interesting that A show really shows to be a complete player, and That's so right. I get why you picked him. That's right. Uh, I guess now it's time we've done all the all the position players. We've done the DH. I guess it's time to go into the starting pitching. Travis, uh, we both have five guys. And they're probably going to be five different guys. You know what? Or maybe they, some of the five are the same. Who knows? I
1: think we'll have three, if not four, the same. I think it's it's very... I guess we'll have to find out. It's Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to find out with that. But uh, you want to start off? I'll let you go.
0: Okay. Okay. I'll rattle off my five. Um, I really... I'm I'm excited to see what we have the same and different because there's really a lot of good names to pick from. Mm-hmm. I do think that right now pitching, uh, there's so many there's, uh, extreme talents. And like we mentioned earlier, the dead and ball... Maybe there's some sticky stuff going on with some of these guys. Who knows who? Um, but it's made for some incredible first two month performances. Um, the first guy on my list, this is more or less in no order. But yes. I will say yeah, the no first. No worries. Same thing with here. Yep. I will say the guy on if that's first on my list, and I had to make sure his name was at the top is Brandon Woodruff. <laughs> he has been an absolute animal. His numbers are incredible. He has a 127 ERA right now. And he's just, he has just, I believe just yesterday he had a, uh no earned runs allowed through like seven innings with like with with, like 10 strikeouts like every time i look up his stat line after a start it just continues to blow my mind so woodruff was my guy also towards the top of my five has to be Gausman on the san francisco giants his 1.4 era is uh super incredible he's been a big reason why the giants have been successful uh great by them to keep keep him I believe, I believe it was like a qualifying offer scenario where they kept him as as a giant in this offseason and that obviously proved to be great for them. I also have to have Garrett Cole. Uh mm-hmm. American League just domination uh one of the best pitchers in the AL for sure. A 178 a 178 ERA. Um he's just dominating in, in, in a bunch of stats. His uh strikeouts uh is super high and his walks are super low. That keeping that ratio I know he has the best strikeouts to walk ratio in all of MLB that's been like his name to fame this season. Uh, so he's my, he's on my list as well. I have to put John means as well. A 2.05 ERA is not towards the top five of the league, but it's definitely, uh, towards the top 10 and what he's been able to do in Baltimore. this season has really impressed me. And my fifth overall pick is going to be Rogers on the Miami Marlins. Okay. Uh, Wow. Just, just a rookie, but his one point is a 1.87 ERA. I think, uh, you know still a lot to prove he's mm-hmm. he's you know he's in his uh, he's eligible for rookie of the year and he's only done two months into that rookie of the year campaign but um i just think what he's been able to do so far has uh really impressed me and uh we can dive into it more later on but i'll hear
1: your five first well i'll give you this your first four we are okay matchin'. we're matching okay, perfect cole woodruff means and uh gosman i have for um i have for my starting you know starting pitching rotation i mean good deal uh woodruff like you said Stupid, unreal. Cole consistent dominance when I see him. John Means a very nice surprise and a very you know refreshing thing to ha- you know to have him in the AL East in such a pitching dominant division. I would say. Um, so John Means of course too, and uh, Kevin Gosman. I mean, insane numbers. I would say too. You know, six and zero, a one point four zero ERA on the season. Uh, just putting up insane numbers. I would say he's right there with Woodruff and, uh, one more guy, uh, that I'm not going to forget about. And that is Jacob DeGrom. So okay. I still yeah. kept on, I'm still on the DeGrom train. You know, I think he felt just like me with Buxton. I, I, I had, I had, I think I looked at my list and I wanted to include one guy that might have just had a stupid April or, you know, had an insane month that I wanted to keep them on the list. DeGrom right now still has an ERA under one, a 0.80 ERA in seven games started and 45 innings pitched, 74 strikeouts, a 0.60 whip. And so I had to include DeGrom just because of his dominance. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone else right now. He and Woodruff are clearly the front runners for the Cy Young. I would say in the NL, they are just putting on a show. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it, you know, finishes out. Um, hopefully both guys can, you know, stay healthy the whole entire season and, yeah. and you know, provide a, a show for the, the fans out there. But, um, Jake DeGrom, I still had to include on that list just because of the numbers he's putting up. And I know if he was healthy, I know he would definitely probably still have an ERA under two. And so totally. I, I had to include that just because I wanted to say, you know, the month of April he had that we were talking about, it was just, it was a freak show that he was putting up. Um, Jake DeGrom is my number five guy. So, um, yeah, you know, I- Pretty I, much the same thing we agree on the starting pitching, you know. It, it it's not too much of a of a different list, but um totally, yeah. yeah. I
0: DeGrom, there's a couple guys that I wanted to include and I just the innings pitch was the problem for yep, me. Yep. DeGrom obviously in that conversation. The ERA, there's nothing to even talk about. They're a .8 ERA. This you know, it's early in the season, but still being .8 through several starts, you're being absolutely dominant and uh, just looking at that number, uh, he looks like he should be the best pitcher in, the, in baseball, and, and he may be. But the missed time, uh, what this is, what did it for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he kept him off my list. Another guy, Lance Lynn, has a yes. Uh, Lance Lynn is, uh, I believe, he's like second. Uh, yeah, he's second in ERA. He's at one point three seven ERA uh, amongst qualified pitchers. Dear God, I'm not being qualified right now. So Lynn is uh, is actually second in qu- amongst qualified pitchers. But his his innings pitched is much lower than some of the other guys we listed. So that kept him off my list as well. Um, but yeah, I think the guys, the, the first four we talked about were four guys who all really uh, deserve the spot. I guess I'll go over a few things here. Woodruff is actually leading all of baseball in baseball, baseball reference war. He's at a 3.9. That's right. Baseball reference war. Uh, he's leading all of baseball in ERA among starting pitchers, uh, qualified starting pitchers. That's a 1.27 ERA. Uh, Woodruff is also leading. He has the lowest hits per nine, which is uh, a great stat to kind of show you yep. like, okay, like he's. Not only uh not allowing a lot of runs, but he's also not allowing a lot of hits. He's keeping the traffic low. Um, He's just been a really great all-around uh, type of guy. Uh, and then I guess some other things I'll highlight is that Garrett Cole, uh, he's second in uh in a walks allowed per nine. So Cole, he's kind of been the control freak of the year. He's sort of taken over from Corbin Burns on that mantle. Corbin Burns, another guy who uh, we highlighted uh, in a lot of ways last week, or sorry, last month in our teams, but... He's also another guy who might not have the games played, the innings pitched to make our fives uh, this this time around. But yeah, I I like I like our fives, Travis, that we picked. Um there's some other hard snubs we had to leave off. Well, actually I wanna highlight one other guy that um And I hope you're gonna say the
1: guy that I'm thinking of. <laughs> I don't know if I am. <laughs> who, who, who are you thinking of, Travis? I'm thinking of a guy that he pitched no no this year, Carlos Rodon. Oh, okay. Carlos Rodon this him. season. Um Right now, 2.1 war. He's just like DeGrom on the injury bug. DeGrom has only had eight games, or sorry, seven games. Rodon's only pitched in eight games. But right now, a 1.29 ERA this season, 48.2 innings pitched and 72 strikeouts. So he almost has the same innings pitched to strikeouts ratio as Jake DeGrom, which is just insane. And then a 0.71 whip on the season as well. So I thought that he was definitely a, a really big shocker. He's kind of He's kind of the John Means, I would say, just because... These are guys that are that are pretty much veterans in the league, but they're just having insane breakout years. And especially with the team that he's on right now, Rodon is definitely helping that club uh, whenever he comes to pitch. So he's really having kind of a a resurgence year, which is really really oh. nice. Of course, for the, the people of Chicago. So. Yeah, no,
0: he definitely deserves a mention. I absolutely. I actually had a different guy in mind. Okay, like I, I want to highlight. He's definitely a guy who. You probably didn't even think of putting on your list, and I I looked at I looked at him I looked at him a bit. His ERA is not is not on level of the guys we mentioned. That's that's why most people probably leave him off. But uh, Zach Wheeler for the Phillies right now is he really a game is really doing incredible. I
1: yesterday today he had a he had a game against the the Rays and it was insane.
0: Yeah, so right now he's actually leading baseball in innings pitched at seventy five. Okay. Uh, he also is top five in WAR for pitchers right now currently in uh, base orphan's war he's also, he's also top five in strikeouts so he's really kind of uh leading the way in terms of like you know pitching mm-hmm. deep in the games getting the innings pitched high he's also like uh, leading in K's so I can really see him kind of building up these kind of uh, counting stats and if he can get the ERA down a bit or if he can kind of just hold steady while some of these other guys like guys like Woodruff yep. and Cole we love them Their ERAs are going to rise a bit. They're not going to all finish at 1.2 ERAs, like unless we're talking about some insane year like no other. Yeah, you know, the yearly pitcher. So these guys are going to slowly rise up. And if if Wheeler can hold steady, uh, he's about a 2.5 ERA, I think. If he can kind of hold steady there um, for a bit longer while some of those guys kind of catch up, rise to his level... Uh, I do think that uh, we're looking at a guy who will be in the mix for like a Cy Young conversation later on down the line. Not right now he's not no, top 5, course. but I had to highlight him here just because like I said, top 5 in war, top 5 in strikeouts, leads in the innings pitched. I can really see him sort of continuing to climb this ladder um based on you know what he's doing with the Phillies. So uh that wraps up our starting pitching it seems like, right Travis? Yeah, yeah,
1: very I think I think it was very just, you know, there, there there's a five group of five that really definitely, you know, is obvious of yeah. course.
0: So and then now we need to shift over to uh to our closing pitcher uh selections uh i think we may have the same guy but i really don't know travis you're looking <laughs> at me you're looking at me kind of funny
1: it's it, it's changed from last month of course i had uh, josh Hader uh last month but this month it is moved to arolis chapman okay so like a- arolis chapman right now uh 4 and 0 as a as a relief pitcher that really of course doesn't matter because he's really not interested on the he, wins part right
0: but he'll take it if he can He'll get take it. it of
1: course yep yeah, but uh 11 saves on the season not leading i think he might be fourth or fifth in uh saves in the entire league because there are some other guys like melanson that are uh, are leading the way but uh 0. 0.45 era this season in 20 innings pitched and those 20 innings pitched pitched he's had 38 strikeouts so almost getting two strikeouts an inning yeah that's, from really, he's pitching. that's really crazy um of course a whip at a 0. 0.75 and so uh, of course, not allowing uh, walks uh, as much, and so I mean, just having an, an absolute insane year. I think his ERA was actually zero as of about two or two weeks ago, or ten days ago. Um, he was insane, and I think uh, one, I think actually uh, Andrew Vaughn on the White Sox broke it with a uh, ninth inning home run. Um, so, but a chap, Chapman right now is just you know, I, 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 he's he's an elite closer, and he's he's pitching like he he's like he's an elite closer this season. So. I'm interested to see who you have as your uh, ninth inning closer reliever right now.
0: So my current closer on my all MLB team for these first two months is actually going to be Mr. Mark Melanson. Um, Good pick, good pick. Travis is happy about that. (laughs) Uh, So we do disagree, but I mean, there is a lot to like about both these guys we're talking about. Uh, Melanson sitting at a 0.74 ERA, which is just, you know, when you're below one, we just got to acknowledge that. It's, it's not you, as good as
1: .45, but, I mean,
0: it's You got to acknowledge that it's just really great. Um, 17 saves, and honestly, I, I firmly believe that saves aren't everything because it has a lot to do with how your team is kind of yeah. setting you up. But being able to close the door on 17 games already this season is an incredible number for Melanson. It shows that his team trusts him, and he can is continually pulling through. Um, so I like that 17 saves number. It's super impressive. Only two blown saves I see here, which is, you know... Um, uh, a great ratio, I'd say. Uh, 24 innings pitched, so a bit above where uh, Chapman's at, and uh, I just I just see what Melanson's doing, and I'm 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 impressed that the Padres really need this bullpen uh, piece, and they really got what they got a bargain for what they paid for Melanson. Honestly, yep. Yep. Um, what I will also add, kind of an interesting little side note uh, stat, is that Melanson I believe is second in baseball right now for championship win probability added. Just kind of a stat towards the bottom of the leaderboards on baseball reference. Uh you'll see championship win probability added. It just kinda I, I don't know how they how they calculate it, but they're essentially just trying to say, okay, how much does this guy help his team win a championship? And Melanson's second only behind Woodruff, and Woodruff has been obviously unreal mm-hmm. as a starting pitcher. Melanson is the is the highest closer on this list. He's at a 1.8. Uh, you know, all, all that really tells me is that, you know, a lot of different things are kind of uh A lot of different equations and different, you know, stats are all kind of pointing to Melanson being a high impact guy. I like what he's done so far. Um, I think you agree that, you know, Chapman and Melanson are kind of these two guys that are ahead of the pack. Haters kind of right there as well. But yeah, yeah, there's a small handful of guys in this top tier and Melanson and Chapman are both in that tier. So
1: especially with Chapman and Melanson being on such elite offenses and like teams that are supposed to pick to be in the World Series. Yeah, um, it's it's good that those teams have such lockdown closers because that's what you're going to need to, you know, win a championship. And so it's, it's, it's good to see that both those guys are um, having, I wouldn't say breakthrough years, but just, you know, getting back, especially for Chapman, getting back to such as dominance and Melanson, um just of course, with the bargain that the Padres got, I mean, yeah, totally the bang for the buck is just right there, but
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I think we're, we're in agreement there and now it's time to switch over to our,
1: our awards actually i'm gonna ask you one question this is this is basically now now of course i want to ask the you know who is your mr may who is your you know player of the month for the month of may um i I took a deep dive into this one but i want to see who of course you're you know and and this is i just want to say looking at the stats of may so april alone this is totally you know away from the all lb team this is just of course who is your May MVP right now?
0: Okay, so if I had to pick a player of the month for May, essentially, um, I agree there's a many ways you could take it, mm-hmm. and I had someone else written down here, and I changed it. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I found someone I really liked, and I had to go with Fernando Tatis Jr. Wow, okay. He's, he's my choice. Okay. Um, hey, can you
1: tell me who your first choice
0: was? I'll get there. Oh, don't okay. worry, I'll get there. I got okay. i get there. Um, so Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, in the month of May alone, just highlighting May only, we're talking about a three fifty four batting average, a four thirty eight on base, an eight hundred slugging, and a twelve thirty eight OPS. That's a two forty one OPS plus, eight homers and eight steals in the month. Eight homers and eight steals in one month. I, I don't know the the stat, but I wonder how many of you guys have done that
1: before. That's in, a crazy eight, thing. Eight, yeah, that, that's that, a crazy that, thing to see. That would be. You're right,
0: Um, Travis.
1: Tell me about who your month, Mister May, is. So and so, well, I'll tell you. Actually, I had I had Vladdy written down. So I had Vladdy as the Mister May, but I, I took a deeper dive and I was like, you know what, you know what? why why go with why go with hitters? My my why don't you just go with you know, maybe a pitcher? Oh. And so my w- Mister May, where are you going with this? I'm going with Brendan Woodruff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and it was funny because I was between Woodruff and Gosman. I'll kind of point out both their stats, but looking at May just for Woodruff. He started in May at a 1.8 ERA on the season. Right now, he's currently at a 1.27. So it has been dropping every single week. Yeah. And I looked at also the teams he's pitched against. Uh, May 1st, pitched against the Dodgers, got, the, got a win in that game. Dodgers, first week. Next week, Phillies. Next week, Cardinals. Royals. Padres. Nationals. I look at that and I say, I mean, this guy is pitching against some of the best offenses in the game, and he is still getting it done. He's going seven inning plus every single night out. He's only allowing one or two earned runs. The last two starts, zero earned runs in the last two starts, and it's been against the Padres and the Nationals. Both offenses, of course, are very good. And uh, looking at the entire, you know, May totals right now, a 1.07 ERA on the month. Um, I mean, it's just insane looking at this. He actually um he actually is two and two on the month. It's kind of sad to say that his offense that couldn't is, get him.
0: That's pretty shocking. So a one
1: point oh seven ERA and he's two and two on the month of uh on the month of May. But you know, looking at forty two innings pitched, uh forty nine strikeouts, only five earned runs he's given up in the month of May. Wow. In yeah. six starts. Only five earned runs.
0: And Travis, if I'm not mistaken, I think we both have money
1: on this guy, Brandon Woodruff, to That's win right. the Cy Young. That's right. So <laughs> We had
0: a good little preseason
1: pick. and uh, Times are looking good. And it's yeah. and it's a nice payout, too. Yeah, It's a so. nice payout. But uh, one thing I'll I'll finish. In the month of May, batters have been batting 141 against him. A buck 41 wow. against okay, him. Okay, yeah. Batters have a 197 on base percentage against him. Under two. Right. Which is insane. Batters have a 218 slugging percentage against him of 416 OPS. All the batters that he's been facing in the month of May. I thought it was just unreal. I thought it was just an insane, insane month. And especially with the way he pitched yesterday uh, against the Washington Nationals. I think that was kind of the icing on the top. Um, for that another guy too i had was gosman gosman actually had an insanely good month of may started at a 2.04 era and dropped it down to a 1.40 era um, and also facing the padres twice facing the dodgers uh facing the the reds lineup and uh, he was 5-0 in the month of may so gosman had an insane month of may when it comes to wins but i just thought the offenses that woodruff faced and just kind of the performances he's been putting up was just insane. I look at Gosman. He's actually only going six or five innings every single start. So he's not going the total length as you see Woodruff going seven and two thirds, almost going eight innings in these starts. But Gosman of course has been a complete shutdown machine. So Woodruff was my Mr. May player of the month.
0: I I like it. Woodruff obviously deserves all the praise right now. He's been the best pitcher in baseball so far, uh, at least in my opinion, I think in the opinion of a lot of people, uh, I will kind of say that, yeah, Tatis is the guy who I had. That 241 OPS plus just blows my mind. The eight homers, eight steals is like a really impressive sort of counting stats number to do both those in one month. Uh, The 800 slugging in a month is crazy for a shortstop. Like, Mm -hmm. who's done that? That's like Mm -hmm. an A-Rod probably only, uh, maybe kind of club there. I'd have to do more research on that. But It's uh, it's
1: definitely insane, yeah. But the guy
0: guy who I mentioned that I had written down at first actually was Max Muncie. Okay, and it's kind of interesting that I almost had Max Muncie as my Mr. May, but he wasn't even going to be on my All mob team, just because that's yeah. the way the position player thing and it works does suck, out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But Max Muncie, some of his numbers right now for the month of May are super incredible. Actually, I'll go to his April March first, and or yeah, season began April first, so uh, we'll look at his April and then up, up to his May, and we'll kind of compare. So April, he had a .222 batting average, which is you know it's pretty low but yeah. based on this season it's not like it's not terrible at all it's it's pretty close to league average honestly right now and uh the on base which is what he's known for was a 430 a 432 on base and he had a, a 383 slugging so the slugging was not there in that first month for him only at 3 home runs but in the month of may travis completely different story the average shot way up mm-hmm a 3.37 batting average for Muncie in the month of May, which he's not a hitter for average. He really slugs the ball and walks a lot, but he's hitting for contact as well. 3.37 batting average, a 4.52 on base, and a 7.33 slugging. That's good for a 2.29 OPS plus, and he hit 10 homers in the month. So he was super, super elite as a batter. And he did good playing first base. He's a, he's a, he's a above average defender for first baseman. Comparing other first basemen, I think he's a bit better than, than his replacement right now, our Pools, at <laughs> at defense. But um, uh, what I will say is that yeah, the the I essentially looked at Muncy's numbers. I looked at I looked at Fernando Tatis's numbers, and Tatis was a little bit better across the board. Plus, he played shortstop, so I had to give him the nod as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do like the pitcher pickers that you made as well. I think there's a lot uh, you know of different factors that can kind of go into this. Uh, that is my guy for this month. Um, there's some other guys overall, Travis, that we kind of had a snub off our list. And it does, our suck. yeah. And it's unfortunate. Like
1: Jared Walsh. A guy we both <laughs> like is Jared
0: Walsh, uh, first baseman for the Angels. He is putting up not. It, at first, it was like a breakout year, but now it's like okay, this guy's just—he's just an all-star Consistently now. Consistently a three twenty-five hitter right now. At this point, he's just an all-star. He's the Angels' best. He's the Angels' best batter right now with yeah. Trout out, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and, and and besides Vladdy Guerrero, I think right now he's up there with one of the best, you know, first basemen in the AL right now. Yeah. Um, it, he 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 would probably be the
0: the all the all-star pick if not for Guerrero Jr. Yes, in the American yes, League. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: He's you know kind of you know up there with Muncie and like this like secondary group right behind. Uh, right behind uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Um, I'll also add another guy who I really wish I could have included, but I could not, was Adoles Garcia. Mm-hmm. On, the, right. on the Rangers has been, you know, who saw this coming? No. Just another guy that for some reason the Cardinals let slip away. <laughs> and uh, the poor Cardinals. <laughs> the
1: Rosarena, Voight, and now, Garcia. Now Garcia. It's yep. like,
0: imagine if they kept all these, all these guys broke out right when they left. I, and I'm, Carson I'm, Kelly. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> St. Louis. I'm sorry, but... Adoles Garcia just put up an absolute monster month, a monster uh, season so far. Yep. The power hitting has been incredible. I, I really wonder where he's going to end up. I, I feel like he can keep this up because I just see him against, it, it's always late in games and big moments. He hits the big homer. Yeah. Um. He's been impressive and he's been doing it playing center field. So, uh, you know, he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Just missed our list because the outfielders are so good right now with guys like Castellanos winker buxton a lot of good competition Acuna, yeah. of course so he was missed our list but um anything else so oh, i guess we need to go to awards now yeah yeah
1: yeah we'll just cover the awards really quickly because i mean they should be pretty you know relatively i think they'll be pretty you know spot on but uh i'll start with you though with the uh al mvp
0: so there's two guys i really wanted to talk about <laughs> here and i wrote down one and then i scribbled his name out right as i hit record travis right as we started recording i scribbled his name out and i went with otani Otani. So Otani, um, he is someone that will get a lot of extra voting support just because we, we've never seen this before. We haven't seen this before. It's yeah. a completely novel thing where we have a guy who is an all-star hitter right now and an all-star starting pitcher right now. Mm-hmm. It's you know We've talked about it on length on the podcast. Maybe some of you are sick of hearing it, but it really is remarkable to be an all-star batter and an all-star hitter. It's not like he's in the Cy Young conversation. And it's not like if he was just a hitter, he'd be in the MVP conversation. But you combine these two sides of his game and you have to give it so much credit. Uh, how could you not reward him with so much uh, MVP consideration? Um, I'll, uh, and I guess I'll go to National League as well. And I'll say that uh, my current NL MVP is actually going to be Tatis Jr. Okay. Um, the Tatis train today. The, okay. ta- train, the Tatis train is, is right and strong. Like I said before, leading... Uh, the MLB and slugging as a shortstop has been super red hot. So I think he can continue carrying this through from the first two months. I just think that, you know, there's other guys like Acuna who have been impressive, but I like, I like uh, Tatisa's numbers a bit more. Uh, he hasn't played quite as number of games as Acuna, but um, Tatisa is missing some time, but he's no DeGrom, where DeGrom has missed several weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I, I just feel like I had to give him, uh, all the credit. Tatis is my pick for the National League MVP for first two months. Taras, what's your two MVP picks?
1: Um, so AL, we're gonna be we're gonna be agreeing. Okay. So Shohei Otani. I, f- I figured and, and, as much, and I had that, and you're right. I I had that just because of what he we we have not seen this before. I mean, I I said at the beginning of the season. I said, you know, I think if Shohei can hit thirty home runs, and can you know, have almost like a 3-5 ERA, somewhere like in the mid threes, have an ERA there, I think he has a very, very strong shot at the MVP because just putting up almost, I wouldn't say average numbers, but putting up almost above average numbers in both. All-star numbers, pretty much. Pretty much. Putting up those numbers on the mound and at the plate, I think you have to at least put him in top three. I think you have to give him, give him so much consideration. Yeah. Um. You know, looking at his, you know, hitting, of course, the 15 home runs. I think that's one of the most important things. And his slugging percentage. His average and on base, it could be better, but you know what, I think we're not going to really judge him too much on that just because we want this guy to come up to the plate and basically everyone in the ballpark and all the media and all of, you know, baseball wants to see home runs. They don't want to see Shohei walks. Right. They want to see him home runs. Even though walks are nice because the guy can run like yeah. lightning. And so, um... the 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 slugging the the numbers right those I mean it's a 148 OPS plus on that and then you look at the pitching side and just what he's doing on the mound is is insane a 2.72 ERA this season I mean it just it's it's blowing my mind you look at the the ERA plus a 163 you're telling me an ERA plus and OPS plus almost both are north of 150 right and you look at that one hundred is an average LB player. One fifty is you're, what
0: you, you're fifty percent above average in both sides of baseball. Which, as which one is one guy which
1: is just insane. Yeah. I I mean that that is just insane right there to look at. So I think it has to be, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing great, but he's I think he's only doing good on the hitting aspect. He's doing insane. Fielding, you know, first baseman, you're not going to really be highly critiqued as a fielder just because you're playing first base. Base running, you know, he's not going to be the guy that's going to be going first to third a lot on, you know, ground balls into the outfield. So I say that the hitting side, of course, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is so strong at that. But when you look at the all-around player, I think that's what they've been doing with Trout for the past, you know, 10 years. As you look at the all-around player, Mike Trout is such a... A difference maker when it comes to the defense, the speed, the contact, the power. Shohei is just putting up a season that we have not seen. And I think honestly the voters are going to want to give him the votes because, like you said, we have not seen that before. Um, so that's for the AL MVP. And then right now for the National League MVP, so mine kind of changed. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm 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 really kind of on the Nicholas Castellanos train right now. Okay. Um, for me, I I just really like. And you know this because we've talked baseball for so many years. But for me, I I really like batting average. I really like that stat. Um, three fifty nine currently leads all of baseball. I was I, I'm just impressed with that. Almost a three sixty batting average um, on base is if is if it's above four hundred, I think that's 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 elite right there. Yeah. And so having a four sixteen on base and then a slugging of 647 almost a 650 slugging right now in the season and also currently leading all everyone in the NL with OPS at a 1.063 OPS and then an OPS plus of 176 and then of course leads all of baseball in total bases um just I mean of course I think he's like that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the NL just having a flat out insane um insane hitting you know year right now for, for Casianos, and then of course the war a 2.8 war currently third in baseball at the war right now so I got to give credit to Castianos. I just I, I like the numbers he's putting up he's he's being sneaky out there and, and and I I just have to respect it so um of course Tatis in August I think I, I think he can be of course passing this guy and he'll be yeah. number one but you know Castellanos right now I'd say for for so far the first two months he's been my NL MVP so no um,
0: uh, that that does make sense yeah. uh the thing that Castellanos would have going over Tatis Jr. would probably be the games played. Yep, um, yep. Tatis is uh, not as high as Castellanos in that department. Not, and it's interesting
1: because we look at last season, you know, Soto had, I think, what, like 10 less games than Freddie Freeman. But Soto was just on another planet. Right. And it made and the s- difference. It made a difference. You're right. You're right. It definitely made the difference. So,
0: yeah, I, I also, going back to the AL real quick, just briefly, like a name I crossed out, obviously, was Guerrero Jr., uh mm-hmm. obviously i in my mind it's clearly a two-man race and i think it will be a two-man race for the next several months here we'll see if someone else can
1: with trout and buxton down it is yeah it, it makes it a little almost easier but hey
0: we'll, we'll see yeah a lot can happen a I lot can, see can trout happen coming back and this guy <laughs> a lot a lot can happen but right now i think otani and guerrero are the clear two favorites Guer- guerrero uh just the best hitter in baseball right now, yeah, a 194 OPS plus, and he's playing every game in, game out. So he's leading the league in qualified hitters for OPS and OPS plus, a complete monster. But I think that goes without saying that Otani is doing something a little bit more special. So, uh, we'll go over to Cy Young now, Travis. I guess, uh, I'll let you go first. So, who's your picks for AL and L Cy Young?
1: Yeah, so AL, I'm I'm month again, I'm still gonna stay with Garrett Cole. Yep, I'm not really gonna talk about that too much. It's your Cole, he's it's, just been dominating, it's pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious. Um, and I actually I'm gonna I'm actually staying with Degrom too. Really? <laughs> okay. And me. so I'm staying with Degrom too. You know, and and this is actually kind of like this is interesting because this is like Tatis. Not he he he's been hurt. He's been hurt. Degrom, um, Woodruff been fantastic. Um, I still like I think I think I think some voters and I mean I kind of am like that too. I just think that sometimes you have to look at you know this guy of course is playing his his ass off like Woodruff is right now. But I think with Degrom. I just am so blown away by the month of April he had. And I am just so blown away that, you know, he, what kind of pitcher he is. I think also last year, he actually had an r- insanely good season last year. Um, and, of course, he had to give it to Bauer just because of the season uh, Bauer had. But um, I'm actually surprisingly, you know, I'm going to stay with DeGrom. I think, of course, just his numbers alone are just, are just stupid right now. Um, of course, he has not played um, in all the games. But I think that... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think we can agree. Of course, it's kind of like the whole LeBron James thing. You know, who's the best basketball player in the game right now? I think you said who's the best pitcher in the game right now? I think we'd all say Jacob Degrom. Um, I'm just gonna stay with that, just because. Uh, yeah, I just think no, he's, yeah, he's I, on he's on another planet, and I know Woodruff's approaching him, but yeah. I still think he's on another planet.
0: No, yeah, Degrom is currently the best pitcher in baseball. Has missed uh, some starts to start the year. The mm-hmm. the, the the Mets uh, season got delayed a bit. And then he's missed a couple of starts here just recently. I know he actually has a start tonight. Mm-hmm. Supposed to pitch last night, so that could have actually get given us a little bit more context. Uh, but right. last night got postponed. Now he's pitching maybe a, tonight. Maybe a nice
1: little twenty one strikeout, perfect game tonight. That'll <laughs> that'll help him out. Then, I think I think the
0: Woodruff <laughs> would should start being scared of his uh his yeah. his award chances there. But uh, I went with I went with uh Cole uh AL like you did, and then I went Woodruff National League. Mm-hmm. Woodruff for me has been you know the ERA is not is not the same as Degrom. But in terms of number of starts and still being where he's at, yeah. uh, leading the leading the entire Major League Baseball hitters and uh, pitchers in Baseball Reference War, he has just been uh, you know leading the way in so many different stats. I see he's at the top of the list in ERA. He's uh top of the list in hits per nine. Uh, he's just really doing it all right now. And uh, like you mentioned him in your uh, you know in your talk about uh, you know our, our top five uh, pitchers in baseball. Woodruff for me, he had to get it. Uh, I understand the Degrom argument. Um, I guess just based on you know amount of time played uh, this early in the season, I went with Woodruff. Um, I think we talked enough about Woodruff. He's just he, he, <laughs> he's he, good. He's 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 very good at what he does. He's been dominant. I'm really happy we bet on him going into the season for a uh, National League Cy Young. Uh, I think he can. I think he can continue what he's doing. I guess tonight, what we'll kind of cue us in on what the Grom is currently at right now with yep. his health? I if you maybe factored in that start he had or those innings pitched he had against that minor league team a week ago. Oh, yep, yeah. Maybe that would have helped his case <laughs> some more. Uh, because I know he, I know they, they gave him a rehab start for those. I don't know. In, Nine it, batters it,
1: faced, eight strikeouts.
0: In in AAA, a little rehab start, just kind of uh. Against the made, uh,
1: spring Springfield Cardinals.
0: Made a fool of some of some, uh, minor league teams, yep. but yep. you know that's not that's not their fault too much. They are probably pretty scared in the in the batter's box, but.
1: Uh, I think I, I think I would just go into it saying if I can foul tip it, I, I will count that as a, a victory for my a victory. Bat. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and,
0: and so I, I mean we we have good pitchers in our AL and NL Cy Young slots. Yes, yes. We can move on to a rookie of the year now, Travis. Uh I'll start us off. Uh I have I believe it's the same two guys I had uh in the month of April. Okay. Uh I'm still going with your me Mercedes as the AL rookie of the year, and I'm going with Rogers as the national rookie of the year. Um I'm just gonna, you know, they both have pretty much continued what they've done in April into May. Mercedes has not had the same amount of power as he did. His his runs his were, were elite early on. He was leading in so many stats. Mm-hmm. And then Rogers has just been, you know, I, I had him in my top five uh, pitchers for the month or yep. for, for the year so far for, for crying out loud. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he had to be my rookie of the year. No rookie in the National League has impressed me like he has. Um, he had to be there. So, Charles what about your Cy Youngs right now? Or sorry, your rookie of the years right
1: now. Rookie of the year. So uh, NL. NL. Will stay the same. Yeah. uh Trevor Rogers been just lights out. I mean, very good. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, the Marlins are have have a lot of good things to look forward to in the future. So it's nice to see you know Trevor Rogers. It, you know,
0: it's talking about the Marlins. It's funny that like if you told someone that a Marlins pitcher would be the front runner for National League Rookie of the Year, everyone would say six though. That's right. That's but, right. Because of how good his twenty twenty was, and we know what he's capable of. But uh, Rogers for
1: sure is the easy pick right now. I'm going to be. That's right. That's right. And so my AL Rookie of the Year is uh it's it's a Garcia. Okay. And so one with Adolis Garcia right now, uh currently fifth in MLB in RBIs, currently tied for first in home runs. A two eighty six batting average and then an OPS of nine one one. And so uh call the cops. This guy is going crazy right now. That's <laughs> why his OPS is nine one one. Uh but anyways no this guy I, I mean I mean I actually had a chance to watch him actually in person a couple nights ago when the uh, Rangers came to uh the Angels. Uh of course he had a home run, but uh no, I mean he he's going crazy right now. I think that uh your your Mercedes has been so consistent, but with this guy right now, he's he's providing such I, I he's actually playing the field, which is actually different from your mom. He's he's DHing only. Right. This right guy right now, Adolis, actually tied for third in uh MLB war with 2.8. And so really having just a flat out surprise um surprise year for everyone so uh I chose him just because I think the home runs are a big thing and then also um you know the war the 2.8 war I mean that that's that's insane for a rookie right now already putting up the same numbers as Buxton you know Castellanos right uh, and, and, and even better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right now so um Adoles Garcia right now is definitely um I, for me, one of the front runners.
0: I totally see that. I totally see that. Um, I guess I went with Mercedes just based on what I've seen these first two months. But honestly, I see going forward. Defining the three uh, o. Yeah, he gets some extra sw- rule, extra swagger points for that. <laughs> That's, I'd right. Say. That's right. That's uh, right. But but Mercedes, what he's done these first two months has been great. I do see him. He had a better April than he did in May. Whereas Garcia is sort of the inverse Garcia I feel like he's heating up yep. so I can really yep. see this race shifting in Garcia's favor going forwards um next month maybe I'll be agreeing with you but uh but it's good I think we laid out our all MLB teams so far for you guys up to you know combining April and may uh I think our picks you know we did a good job backing them up and uh, I think you know I'm excited to do it again and in uh you know going forward to June, July Definitely. we'll see where these we'll see where these kind of these players go travis
1: and we're, I think we're going to see a lot of these guys, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of shifts and and these, you know, uh, things are going to change a lot.
0: I mean, yeah. Our teams are pretty different from yeah. just a month ago. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think last, last month we had about two or three differences in our starting nine, but now it's, it's going all over the place. So, right. uh, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. And so I, I think that's about all we have for, uh, for today, Travis. Uh, th- yeah. Th- thank you all for for listening and for tuning in, uh, next week. I'm sure we'll uh, A lot of hot stuff to talk about, and uh, we'll we'll have to catch you guys then. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.
1: Have a good Memorial Day. Uh, Be safe out there. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. (laughs)